Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for July 17th, 2017. This is Peter Soretta. I just spent the last three days in Anaheim, California at D23 Expo, and that's basically the Disney fan convention. They hold it every two years, and they roll out the you know footage and news for their films for the next you know two, three, and even more years in the future. So we got to see the future of what is happening at not only Disney, Disney Animation, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Marvel, uh, and the Disney theme parks. So today's edition of Slash Film Daily is not a news rundown. What well, is kind of, but it's a news rundown of everything that I saw at D23 Expo. So if you haven't been following the news, there's a lot to catch up on. So let's let's dive into it. First up on Friday was a panel for Disney and Pixar, and uh, they talked about Frozen 2, which will be called Frozen 2. Uh, it's not going to have a subtitle, or at least not for now. And uh, they showed a scene musical number from Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which is the new 21-minute short film that's going to arrive with Pixar's Coco later this year. And uh, <clears throat> it was fine. Uh, the, the, the song is not as catchy as Let It Go. Um, it has Olaf going around town basically asking the people of the town their their family holiday traditions. And there's some fun to be had. One of the biggest pieces of news to come out of the panel is that John Lasseter, head of Pixar, is no longer directing Toy Story 4. Uh, instead, his co-director... Josh Cooley is going to come in and step in and be the director for that film. Um, this is news that is coming out now to the general public, but this is something I've known for a, a, over a year now. Uh, so this isn't something new. Behind the scenes at t Pixar, Josh Cooley has been directing the the film for a while. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why John Lasseter stepped down. I, I think probably he has bigger things to do in his day-to-day -day work than to direct a film. I think he has bigger responsibilities. But it is interesting because uh, Toy Story 4 is this love story between uh, Woody and Bo Peep, and it was supposed to be kind of like this uh, 
tribute to John and his uh, from John to his wife. So it, it's interesting that he is stepping down from this. They showed us a first look at Wreck It Ralph 2, which is called Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck It Ralph 2. And basically, the story for this one is that the arcade that they exist in has gotten Wi Fi, and the Sugar Rush game that Vanellope Von Sweets is in has broken down. So, Ralph and Vanellope go into the internet to try to find a way to fix their arcade game. And the two go on this uh, adventure through the world of the internet. Uh, the footage we saw was funny. Uh, Ralph, like them entering kind of this digital city that is the internet and Ralph getting assaulted by a number of, of advertisements, pop-up advertisements. Uh, it, it then got weird. And this isn't a joke. Uh, this is what happened. They uh, There's a new character in this movie played by Taraja P. Henson who is, plays Yes with three S's at the end. And she works for Buzzaholic, which is kind of like a BuzzFeed like website. And she kind of gives them a tour of, of uh, the internet. And she takes them to ohmydisney.com, a place where all the fandoms come together, which is, yes, seems self-referential. And when, when we saw it on screen, I was like, is this a joke? Is this actually in the movie? But it's actually in the movie. And what happens is Ralph and Vanellope go in there, and inside the website is, you know, Marvel characters, Pixar characters, Disney characters, Star Wars characters. They're, you know, all coexisting in this one universe that is a website kind of like how the characters in Wreck-It Ralph existed within their arcade games themselves so this is you know taking this concept one step farther this is doing so I think what they're basically trying to do is what Roger Rabbit did for animated movies and Wreck-It Ralph did for video games this is trying to do for the internet if that makes sense so uh so in Oh My Disney you know, there are uh, Tinkerbells flying around, a Money of Falcon, a Marvel Fan Yourself booth. Uh, there's a Tsum Tsum Pit. Um, Baymax from Big Hero 6 is giving a Q&A on stage. And there's also a stage full of Disney princesses. And this is the scene that we kind of basically got to see where Vanellope sneaks into the princess's backstage room and which is guarded by a stormtrooper, by the way, a first order stormtrooper is guarding the princess's uh, uh, room. And I know what you're thinking right now because this is exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this in the hall. This sounds stupid. Okay, yes, it does sound stupid. But then once Vanellope gets backstage with the Disney princesses, there's a scene between Vanellope and all the Disney princesses. And by the way, it's a lineup uh, that includes Mulan, Ariel. Belle, Jasmine, Elsa, Pocahontas, Tatiana, uh, Rapunzel, Merida, Merida from uh, Brave, uh, Anna, and um, Moana. So, uh, and all of those characters, I believe, or most of those characters, are voiced by the, the original voice actors. So it's this great scene where you get to see all these princesses uh, interact with each other and... Um, you know, Vanellope's claiming that she's a princess, and it's, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's hard to convey over a podcast how funny and hilarious the scene is. At one point, um, 
Meredith says something, and one of the other princesses says, don't worry about her. She's from another studio. And it, it's kind of that kind of thing. And I, I'm sure it will turn some people off because it is so very self-referential for Disney. But uh, it was a treat, and it was probably one of the most talked about things at not only D23, but at that panel. I mean, not only that panel, but D23. So uh, I'm, I'm highly looking forward to Wreck-It Ralph 2. Next up was Brad Bird with Incredibles 2, which we're all super excited for. We learned that this film is going to take place seconds after the first Incredibles. So the Incredibles has not have not changed that much, and their fight with the Underminer will start off this film. Um, they were really tight-lipped about what this movie is going to be about, but we did learn that Bob has to stay home uh, with Jack-Jack, who... Everybody is still unaware has powers. And um, Mrs. Incredible, Elastic Girl, will take center stage in this movie. So it's going to be basically Mrs. Incredible's, or, yeah, Mrs. Incredible's uh, movie for all purposes. We saw a early work-in-progress scene where basically Bob is at home with Jack-Jack and a raccoon comes to their new house because their old house was destroyed in the first Incredibles. Um a raccoon comes to their new house, and Jack Jack and Bob is asleep, and Jack Jack basically goes and uses his powers to scare the raccoon, and Bob realizes for the first time that Jack Jack also has powers. Something we knew about in that Jack Jack Attack short film that was on the Incredibles DVD and Blu-ray, but it's a it is a revelation for the characters in this movie, and I guess that is part of the fun of this movie is is that uh, they also confirmed that Craig T. Nelson is back as Bob, Holly Hunter as Elastic Girl, Sarah Vowell as Violet, and Samuel Jackson as Frozone, um, and uh, young actor Huck Milner is stepping in for the voice of Dash, since the previous actor is too old to do that voice at this time. Pixar announced a new animated film uh, that will take place in a suburban fantasy world. There's no title for the film quite yet. Dan Scanlon, who co-directed Monsters University, is directing this film. And he said it's based on a, uh, you know, part of his childhood. He never got got to meet his father. And he never got to, he saw his father through photos and videos. And the videos were sold. They didn't have sound. So he always wanted to hear what his father sounded like. And him and his brother um, searched and searched. And they eventually found a cassette recording of him, which was a very small recording of him. But it uh, inspired by this search is this movie. It, 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 is a, it is a movie about two teenage boys who lose their father. They travel to a fantasy world in hopes of finding him to spend one last day with him. The description was brief, but they showed a lot of concept art. Basically, the movie takes place in this modern fantasy world. So imagine that we had fantasy, we had goblins, we had magic, but magic was a hard thing to do. And now in today's society, we have technology, which is easily taking place the place of this magic. So in this world, you know, the unicorns are everywhere and they're basically the rodents. They're the raccoons of this, of this, uh, planet. And there's, you know, people live in these, uh, mushroom like houses, but for the most part, it's like our modern society where we have computers and all this technology, uh, iPhones. Um, so it's an interesting concept. I can't wait to see more. The concept art was fantastic. Mixing the mundane with this fantasy world could be a fun conceit. 
Next up, they showed a preview of Pixar's Coco, which is directed by Leon Gritch, who did Toy Story 3. And this has this reteams the Frozen songwriters uh, for a Mexican set story, which revolves around the Day of the Dead. Um, and basically, we saw a scene with uh, Miguel, who his great great grandfather was this famous Mexican singer played by Benjamin Bratt. And he, he did not know that. He, he finds that out. He wants to follow in his footsteps and play music, follow his heart. But his family doesn't want him to play music. Uh, he goes out and tries to, uh, to uh, play in this talent show in, in the town. But he doesn't have a guitar. No one will let him borrow a guitar. And he has the brilliant idea of stealing his great-great-grandfather's guitar, which is in the uh, tomb, in his tomb that they celebrate him in. So he goes there on the Day of the Dead and attempts to steal the guitar, and, of course, stealing the ca- guitar puts him into the world of the dead. No, Nobody from the world of the living can see him. He's now in the world of the dead, and he now has a uh, short time to go back to the world of the living uh, before he is in the world of the dead forever. The animation and the effects and the visually this movie looks fantastic. I'm not sure so far from what I've seen of the story or the characters aren't as compelling to me. Um, I need to see more, but uh, visually and um, musically the movie looks pretty great. Then on Saturday, there was the live action panel, which they showcased all the Disney live action movies, including Marvel, Star Wars, and uh, Walt Disney live action. Uh, first up was a surprise. This movie called The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which uh, we didn't really know much about. It's coming out November 2nd, 2018. And it's uh, they're pitching it as just how Walt Disney has reimagined all these classic tales and animation this is Disney's attempt to reimagine the Nutcracker. And they showed us some early footage. The early footage looked, and it is still about ballet, but the early early footage kind of looked, um, I want to say almost like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. It didn't, um, it kind of fantastical and colorful. and But they showed some concept art, which looked a little bit more like Harry Potter meets Lord of the Rings, and that was more compelling to me. But it seems like it's very early. They didn't show us the Nutcracker himself. Um, I, I'm sure when, once we see more finished footage, maybe maybe that you know the the stuff that I saw in the concept art will come out more. And speaking of Alice, Tim Burton wasn't in attendance, but he sent a, a, a greeting from the Casey Jr. train on the set of Dumbo, which he's directing right now, and. It uh, it looks like what you would think a Tim Burton Dumbo movie would look like. It looks a little bit like Alice, where it's very colorful and very stylistic, and um, yeah, and uh, you know they revealed some cast. You can read about that on SlashFilm.com. They also showed Dumbo. They had a maquette of Dumbo. Looks exactly what you'd think Dumbo might look like in a live action film. He looks like a real elephant, a baby elephant, but he has a big forehead, and you can see photos of of Dumbo online as well. Um, the big surprise, I think, of the live action panel was John Favreau came out and showed this footage from The Lion King. And I think this was like pre-production footage. He had this rendered. It's like a teaser trailer. And basically it started with 
the African sunset, and I'm not sure, or sunrise, sorry. I'm not sure if this will ever be released online. The African sunrise, and then we see all these animals, like, in the savanna. And uh, honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, they're showing us, you know, clips that they had from a Disney nature film. Because uh, they look beautiful and they look real. Um, but it soon became clear that even though these look um, even more lifelike than Jungle Book, uh, that it was animated. And um, it came to the part that uh, the monkey goes over to the to the lion cub and uh, puts some paint on its head and then takes it and raises it over the, 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 the tribes. And the circle of light music is playing over this. And I, I can't tell you, uh, being in a hall with 7,000 Disney fanatics, and I looked around, there were tears in their eyes this this footage looked fantastic it looked um it looked real like you know the lion cub looked real it sneezed it was you know it looked fantastic uh i i can't wait to see more of john favreau's the lion king it looks like he's doing what we loved the parts that we loved in jungle book and he's amplified he, he, he has figured out what you know, what people love and what he can do best here. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see more. They're in production on that, and I don't think that comes out for uh, a couple of years. So, uh, but footage everybody was waiting for, Avengers Infinity War footage was revealed, and um, I'll give you a quick description. Basically, that uh, it started with the Guardians flying through space and their new spacecraft that we see at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And they come across this wreckage. And basically, there's this person that hits, you know, the dashboard of their spacecraft. And they, they go out and they get him and they bring him in. And it turns out to be Thor with the shorter hair. So this takes place after the events of Thor Ragnarok. What happened to Thor? Um, we don't know. There was, like, shots of people dead in the streets, Loki holding the cosmic cube from the first Avengers, uh, Peter Parker on a school bus looking out at something, um, Star-Lord, Gamora, everyone has this look on their face like we're screwed. Um, and then Thanos shows up and we see Spider-Man in his new suit, that um, new tech suit, like the version 2 which looks insane, sitting on this huge circular object, maybe created by Tony Stark. Um, Captain America now has a black beard. Uh, Thanos uh, clutching Thor's head in his hand. He could, like, just basically, you know, just snap it uh, very easily. And we, we also saw Thanos punch in Iron Man. He, at one point, he, like, takes a planet and rips it in half and throws it at the Avengers. Um the, the, the clip ended with Thanos holding the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, which obviously is familiar to comic book fans, and then cut to the Avengers Infinity War logo. Um, they didn't reveal any more details about the movie. They had people on, they had a cast on, on stage that was, you know, a huge cast of people that are in the movie. Um, but the footage looked fantastic. The crowd went crazy. I'm not sure if they're going to show anything more at Comic-Con this Saturday. But uh, the the first footage was incredible. And Marvel also unveiled their uh, 
Marvel uh, 10-year logo, which is kind of cool, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of merchandise and uh, stuff around that. You'll see that, I think, maybe in front of the films as well. They had a presentation of behind-the-scenes footage from Star Wars Last Jedi. You can see that online. Our own Ethan Anderton, a.k.a. Bradford Omen, did a frame-by-frame analysis of that footage, and you can read that on the site this morning. Um, in addition to that, uh, at the Marvel booth, they unveiled the minions of Thanos in, in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, you, you know, uh, he can't do it himself, so he has a group with him to help him out, and this group is the Black Order. You can go to SlashFilm.com and read Jacob Hall's article. He shows the photo of these ma- uh, beautifully created maquette of these characters showing what they look like and who they are explaining their comic book, uh, backstories. Um, other than that, there was the Disney parks panel, which was nonstop news. Disney park panel had so many details. They unveiled that, uh, the star Wars land is officially called star Wars galaxy's edge, which is interesting because the night before that kind of leaked, because Disney Parks blog, which is the official blog of Disney Parks, accidentally had an alt tag with that name. And uh, we and many others picked that up. So that surprise was, was you know, ruined. But um, they, uh, they revealed a bunch of stuff. They, you know, they talked about how the, the theme park is going to be this immersive experience, this interactive experience where you could, you know, what you do on the Millennium Falcon simulator attraction and how well you handle that could follow you throughout the land. You know, a bounty hunter could come after you if you wreck the ship in the cantina. If you are one of the hottest flight crews, you can earn extra credits, which could probably be used throughout the land. Um, they revealed Rex, RX-24, who was the pilot from for the original Star Tours, is going to be back and he will be in um he'll be a dj in the cantina um which is kind of cool and they they joked oh well nothing can go wrong here because obviously anytime rex is involved things go wrong uh they they mentioned that we might feel the wrath of kylo ren but the big star wars land thing at d23 was on the show floor they had the gigantic model of star wars land from disney imagineering and you could go and look at it and this model was I can't stress to you, you, you can see the photos on SlashFilm.com, but the photos do not do it justice because this thing was huge and it makes it, you, you, you can see just how gigantic and enormous this land is going to be. Uh, it's cool. In one corner of the land is the resistance base, which is kind of hidden in this like cave type area. Uh, the first order has is occupying the city, which is filled with all sorts of buildings, which we don't know what is inside those buildings, but there's, um, but there's, uh, this gigantic in, indoor market area, which is probably filled with all sorts of food and alien merchandise. And, um, just check out, oh, the other thing that I was surprised about is how many ships we see in this land. We see X-wings, live, uh, you know, full full size X-wings, full size Tie fighters, including Poe's Black fi- Tie fighter, a new ship I've never even seen before, which may or may not be from Episode Eight or Nine. Um, 
actually two new ships, and um, the Millennium Falcon is in a docking bay at the very back of the land, which is probably the entrance to the Millennium Falcon ride attraction. But go to SlashFilm.com, check out the photos, get excited, because it is exciting. Also announced during the park panel is that the great movie ride will be leaving Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is uh, the last remaining opening day attraction of that park. So, uh, and it's going to be replaced with this, a, this, the first Mickey Mouse theme park ride, which is basically, you're going to be in a movie theater and you're going to be watching basically Mickey and Minnie preparing for a picnic and going to the picnic, uh, they're taking a, there's this train, uh, piloted by Goofy and basically you go off, I feel like the screen like probably opens up or or whatnot and it becomes this dark ride where you're going through the world of mickey and minnie which they described as it's not 3d you don't wear 3d glasses but it's like it's 2.5d and if you see it it looks very stylistic very projections to you you know to transform the space into whatever they need uh throughout the the ride um but go go to the um Go to the page, check out the images. You can see what it looks like. Um, a lot of people are disappointed the great movie ride is is going, but you know what? I think this will allow them more room for Star Wars Land expansions in the future uh, if you want to read between the lines. Um, Epcot is getting a bunch of new things, and that includes a new makeover of the 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 opening of Epcot where you first walk in and after you pass spaceship earth, they're going to completely transform it, give it an, a modern update, but that's not the big news. The big news um, Epcot is it, in Epcot is two new rides. And that is the guardians of galaxy ride and a Ratatouille ride. The Ratatouille ride is going to go in Paris. They're going to add it to a space that's next to Paris. And they're not like destroying anything that's already there. And the Ratatouille ride is that, trackless vehicle ride that is already in Disneyland Paris and a lot of people already love. So that's going to come come to Epcot and Walt Disney World. Uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction was announced for Epcot, but they have not really revealed any information. From what I've heard, it's kind of going to be kind of like a dark, uh, a dark ride, roller coaster with animatronics and, and whatnot. You can see concept art on SlashFilm.com. Uh, more news for Walt Disney World is that the Magic Kingdom, they're going to be bringing the Tron ride to Tomorrowland. And it's not going to be taking over existing space. It's going to be taking over space next to Space Mountain, which is kind of cool. Um, and they have officially, after a lot of teasing, announced that Marvel is opening, or they're going to be opening up a Marvel-themed land in Disney California Adventure that Spider-Man and the Avengers are coming to DCA, but they did not reveal any details. That much was disappointing. The The other big news to come out of the Disney Parks panel is Disney confirming that they are going to be adding immersive stays at, at the Disneyland or Disney resorts. And one of those coming up is a Disney uh, Star Wars hotel, which is going to be in Florida next to Hollywood Studios. And this hotel will be a luxury experience. We've written about it because they Disney did surveys about it. We don't know how much it'll cost, but expected to cost a lot. 
but it's going to be one of those things where you, when boarding this hotel, you, it's basically like you're leaving Earth. It's almost like a ride in itself. You're leaving Earth to the space station, and you, your your room looks like it's a part of the space station. It has windows out to the space. I'm not sure if they're just accomplishing that with screens, but there's you know restaurants with droids, and there's all sorts of things, activities, and again, your experience, this whole interactive role-playing experience it follows you throughout not just the parks but also your hotel and things that can happen in the parks can follow you to the hotel which is actually kind of cool um they, they didn't reveal too much uh, i'm sure we'll we'll hear more about this as it is being built but also that when you stay there you will be given proper attire so imagine if there was a place you could stay in the wizarding world of harry potter that you know you arrive there and they give you the the hogwarts robes and you know you have to wear that you know it's it sounds like really geeky but a lot of fun they also announced that the new york hotel in um i believe tokyo is it um no paris sorry disneyland paris the new the former hotel in new york is going to be transformed to new york the art of marvel and they're basically going to be bringing um they're basically going to be renovating that hotel into a Marvel hotel, which is still going to look New York-like, but it's going to look like uh, a museum with all sorts of props, costumes, and uh, things. You can see concept art on SlashFilm.com, and they also announce a brand new transportation system for Disney World. Uh, uh, yeah, Disney World, where basically you can. Um, it's going to be these gondolas that connect all the different parks and you can take them. Uh, so it's, it's going to be something that's going to be much better than that bus shuttle system, which I've always, always hated. Um, I wish they had more monorails, but they don't. Uh, that only connects, you know, a couple parks and hotels. Anyways, all that and more, SlashFilm.com. We're getting to the 30-minute time limit. Uh, thank everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank any, anybody that came up to me at D23. I had a lot of SlashFilm fans, some of you who have said that you've been listening and loving the podcast. So I very much appreciate the kind words. Um, tomorrow, we're going to San Diego. The whole team or a lot of the team is going is heading down to San Diego and for Comic-Con which starts on Wednesday night. So, it does not stop, folks. We're I'm going to try to do some podcasts from San Diego. I'm I'm not sure how that's going to go because I've never done remote podcasts before, but this is called Slash Home Daily, so I got to I got to try to make it work. Uh, but please, if you like this podcast, go to iTunes, write a review read it uh if you don't like this podcast send me an email peter at slash film.com i promise you i will read it i might not respond to everything but i will read it and we will consider it and if you have emails for the future mailbag segments send it to that address peter at slash film.com and please leave your name and geographic location in case we want to mention it on the air again thank you all for listening and we will see you tomorrow